Hello, and welcome back to Soul Food, the ghost light season. A bit of an unusual episode today, which I also said last time. I guess any episode of this podcast is unusual. But this time out, we're going to talk shop a little bit. I'm going to fill you in about what Pacific Theater might look like when September rolls around. And beyond. But let's not run this train off the rails quite yet, because I'm eager to play a brand new tune for you by Mr. Michael Hart, a GFOP, but also a PFOM, personal friend of mine. His new record came out last weekend. I snapped up a copy hot off the presses. The wax was still cooling and instantly found my favorite track. Fall out on the run Sparks go shooting up And you belong to me As my soul began to shake And you belong to me I will lift my voice and raise I will sing out your praise Oh, Yahweh My refuge for the poor And my fortress for the weak Oh, Yahweh Like Elijah in a cave I was hiding and afraid Oh, you belong to me And through the wilderness I went And to the river I was sent Oh, you belong to me And I will lift my voice and raise I will sing out your praise For the poor And my fortress for the weak
You love me through the loss, the consequence and the cost. And now brave my heart to sing under the shelter of your wings. And take this broken heart And resurrect a brand new star Yahweh off Michael Hart's brand new album, One, with a tasty piano groove laid down by Soul Food's piano player in residence, Mr. Nelson Boschman, aided and abetted by Mr. Graham Ord on the slide guitar. You can hear a little bit more slide guitar from Graham Ord in an upcoming episode. I encourage you to run down to Sam the Record Man and pick up a copy of that record for yourself or... uh, If you prefer the convenience of the World Wide Web, you can just go to Michael Hart's page on Bandcamp, Michael H-A-R-T, and do the download thing. May I recommend buying the CD, which you can order at Bandcamp? Gorgeous cover art by Caitlin Ambery, whose work was featured at the Dal Shindell Gallery at Regent College a while back. I don't know what it's like where you are. Ireland, Switzerland, France, India, Iran, Singapore, Belgium. Say hi to Father Damien for me. We've even got some listeners in the States. But uh, here in BC, things are loosening up just a bit. The mole people are emerging from their hidey holes, blinking in the almost summer sun. We're about a week into the next step in our getting back to normal eventually plan. If anyone says the words new normal on this show, they are fired. And all of a sudden I realize, ah, I'm going to have to return everything to the library. My copy of season one of the original Twilight Zone series was due back at the Vancouver Public Library in March, but they extended that, which was really nice of them. Not sure why, but I was chatting with my good friends John and Bonnie the other day, Horgan and Henry. (laughs) Sounds like they make craft beer. Anyway, they were saying it might soon be time to return those library books and such. Dang. I mean, it's going to be nice to be able to pick up some of the things I got on hold, but uh, dang. Looks like I better fast track my viewing of the rest of those Twilight Zone Season 1 DVDs. And here I thought I'd have all the time I needed to watch Episode 8. Great dramas of the world! Shelley, Shakespeare, 
Sure. All the books I want. And the best thing, the very best thing of all, is there's time now. There's time enough at last. Time to get cracking. And speaking of the movies, that's a phrase I kind of like to drop into the middle of any conversation anytime, because chances are that we were just speaking of the movies, or soon will be. My good friend Gary's back on the air, and what a welcome radio voice that is. He was in the neighborhood, so of course he dropped into the soul food bunker nearly a mile below the placid streets of beautiful downtown Richmond. Dropped in for a visit, and he just had to read this poem by our old pal Billy Collins. Gary's like that. He's always reading poetry aloud. Apart from that, though, he's a pretty good guy. I would like to watch a movie tonight in which a stranger rides into town or where someone embarks on a long journey, a movie with the promise of danger, danger visited upon the citizens of the town by the stranger who rides in, or the danger that will befall the person on his or her long hazardous journey. It hardly matters to me, so long as I am not in danger. And not much danger lies in watching a movie, you might as well agree. I would prefer to watch this movie at home than walk out in the cold to a theater and stand on line for a ticket. I want to watch it lying down, with the bed hitched up to the television the way they'd hitch up a stagecoach to a team of horses so the movie could pull me along the crooked, dusty road of its adventures. I would stay out of harm's way by identifying with characters like the bartender in the movies about the stranger who rides into town, the fellow who knows enough to duck when a chair shatters the mirror over the bar, or the station master in the movie about the perilous journey, the fellow who fishes a gold watch from his pocket, helps a lady onto the train, and hands up a heavy satchel to the man with the mustache and the dangerous eyes, waving the all-clear to the engineer. Then the train would pull out of the station, and the movie would continue without me, and at the end of the day I would hang up my oval hat on a hook and take the shortcut home to my two dogs, my faithful, amorous wife, and my children, Molly, Lucinda, and Harold, Jr. Nicely read. Uh, you think I'm kidding about me and Gare, but I'm not. Personal friends. And to prove it, I'll just reach into the old mailbag here. And read you something on the handsome letterhead of the American Humor Institute. Number 80, 8th Avenue, Suite 1216, New York, New York, 10011. It's dated April 9th, 1991. Dear Mr. Reed, it was very kind of you to write, and I'm sorry that I can't come to Vancouver and give a reading at the Pacific Theater. But these days I'm working on a new book and a weekly radio show and at The New Yorker. A trip to Vancouver sounds like fun, and a writer would always like to postpone his work and go be sociable. But I'm going to say no, and thank you. Best wishes, 
Garrison Keeler. Yep, me and Mr. K. We go way back. Pen pals. You know who else is close personal friends with Gary? I, I call him Gary. All his close personal friends do. Lucy Shaw. Heck, he just read one of her poems on his show last Sunday, May 24th. You can look it up. The Writer's Almanac. A poem called Emergence. But I'm going to go them one better. I asked our chief archivist here at Soul Food, Scout the Dog, to trot on down to the dusty vastness of the Soul Food Audio Archives to bring us a little something from September 23rd, 2009. Good dog. And here is the Writer's Almanac for Wednesday. It's the 23rd of September. 2009. Here's a poem for today by Lucy Shaw, entitled Pink. Not a color I've wanted to wear, too innocently girlish, and I'm not innocent, not a girl. But today the gnarled cherry trees along Alabama Street are decked out like bridesmaids, garlands in their hair, nosegays in their hands, extravagant. Finally, the big spring wedding to splurge and hang the cost. Each really wants to be the bride so she can toss her bouquet until unaccustomed the gutters choke with pink confetti that flies up and whirls in the wake of cars going west, flirting shamelessly with teenage boys on the crosswalks, the pale twisters the drifts of petals call out to me, let go. It's okay to be giddy, enchanted, flighty, intoxicated with color. Drive straight to the mall and buy yourself a pink tea. Be well, do good work, and keep in touch. Thanks, Gary, and uh, thanks, Lucy. And thanks, Scout, for your diligent work here on the, on the inclusive staff at Soul Food. Oh, and uh, Mr. Keeler and Ms. Shaw asked me to be sure and dedicate that reading to uh, Rosa Avila, way out there in Tofino, British Columbia, whose name means Rose, but also means... I want to be no one but me I'm in love with a lover who likes me the way I am I have my faults, he likes my faults I may not be bright, he may not be bright But he thinks I'm grand, that's grand for me he may be wrong, but if we get along, what do we care? Say we 
no one but me. I'm in love with a lover who likes me the way I am. I have my faults. He likes my faults. I may not be bright. Oh, he may not be bright, but he thinks I'm grand. That's grand for me. He may be wrong, but if we get along, what do we care? Say we walking on the shore, swimming in the sea. Don't try to be anybody else but you. We like you just the way you are. That's Carolyn Credico, C-R-E-D-I-C-O, our Chanteuse in residence here on Soul Food. You can track down her music by going to her website, carolyncredico.com. Click on Contact and send her an email. Ask her to send you one of her CDs. That's called Pieces of Dreams, that record, and it's one of my very favorites. Okay, let me tell you about next season. What was going to be, and what it looks like it's actually going to be, and what happens at the end of it. Okay, maybe I'll be a bad storyteller here and start at the end. A very bad place to start, according to Julie Andrews, and she should know. She was a nun for a while. In June next year, 2021, I'm retiring as Artistic Director of Pacific Theater. I'm not retiring from theater, and I hope to be on that stage, writing plays for that stage, and directing plays for that stage, and hopefully other stages for a very long time. It's just that by then I'll have been running a theater for 37 years. And that's enough. It's time to turn in my keys to the office and let somebody else take this ball and run with it. That's not a baseball metaphor, by the way. In 1980, I made the ridiculous decision to run away and join the circus. Little did I know that four years later, I'd start making my own circus and end up running the damn thing. I never wanted to be Barnum or Bailey. I wanted to be the clown the trapeze guy, the lion tamer. Now, sure, I've been able to do some of that along the way, but it's time to really make good on that crazy 23-year-old decision and let somebody else make up the schedule, feed the elephants, and drive the bus from now on. The timing of this announcement might make it sound like I'm quitting because of the pandemic or that there's no point going on, or it will just be too hard and I'm discouraged and giving up. But if you know me, you know that is ridiculous, that a little thing like a global pandemic would stop me. <laughs> no, the timing's just coincidence. We started talking about this back in 2011 and shaping things so that the work of the theater slowly shifted to other people's shoulders. We called it Pacific Theater Beyond Ron. I stopped being executive director in 2015. In 2018, we chose June 2021 as the time for my departure. And since that time, as word of this spread throughout our Pacific Theater community, a few different PT artists have expressed interest in the job. People with a long connection to our company, real artists, totally connected with our mandate and our work. 
Last fall, we hired a full-time person to focus entirely on working with our donors. And June 1st, we'll be posting the job opening far and wide, so that by this fall, our board can name my successor. It's all proceeding according to precedent. The procession had proceeded according to precedent. All right on schedule. So I went ahead and planned my final season, and then the thing we didn't plan for happened. And that season won't be happening. I think lots of stuff will be happening, on stage even. One-person shows, workshop productions, readings, concerts, with really small audiences spaced out in our theater. I'm not going to say socially distant. I am good and sick of that phrase. I mean, I accept the reality, but the wording? Yuck. Anyway, I'll probably keep up this podcast, and we're going to try our hands at a fully produced radio show audio production of one or two of our plays. We have found ways to keep our Pacific Theater team intact. Thank you, donors. Thank you, British Columbia. Thank you, Canada. And our artists are brimming with ideas for doing what they do. Just as soon as we can open the theater doors, even a crack, and start letting a few folks in. <laughs> I'm thinking of Pacific Theater as kind of a soul food speakeasy. Okay, you go to the unmarked doors just off Hemlock. Watch out for coppers, see? Then real quiet like the secret knock. Shaving a haircut like that, and somebody will let you in. I'm uh, I'm thinking I'd like to reopen the place performing the top 10,000 of all time. A uh, one-man show that I wrote the last time Pacific Theater had to close up shop back in 1991. Didn't remember that, did you? Yeah, we've been here before. We'll be uh, offering the place right away to our apprentices, whose end-of-season shows got postponed, and to some of our musician friends who you hear on the podcast here and who've seen it at Christmas presents and other Pacific Theater shows. And once we figure out how things are going, I'd love to see our guest producers bring you the shows they were preparing for next season. And of course, lovesick that we had to postpone this spring, just as rehearsals were about to start. And in that mix, a festival of play readings that I already had in mind for next season before all this happened. Yeah, when we got to October, we were going to take a week and have the lost season, or the last season. We hadn't quite made up our minds. Kind of appropriate, huh? Year after year, choosing seasons for Pacific Theater, there have been plays I kept trying to fit in and not being able to, and putting them on the list for next year. And then when I realized I only had one more next year left, I decided I wanted to at least get to do them as readings. So if we can have any audience at all, and I think we will, we can learn from whatever the movie theaters test drive for us this summer, we are going to present a series of the shows that never were. The Lost Season. For one... I've been dying to perform Cormac McCarthy's mind-bender of a play, The Sunset Limited, with my dear friend Tom Pickett. This is no sweet little life-affirming skit, 
along with pieces that will soothe our souls in these difficult times, we do want to keep doing the other part of what Pacific Theatre has always done. And this intense little two-actor hostage drama fits right in with that tradition. I mean, it's Cormac McCarthy. No Country for Old Men. The Road. That Cormac McCarthy. There's a uh, beautiful, beautiful play. Okay, I've used that word four times already this podcast. No more beautiful. But sometimes it's just the right word. There's a play by Will Eno called Middletown. Kind of a postmodern take on Thornton Wilder's Our Town, but not. When I read that a decade ago when it was off-Broadway, I mean... Okay, Pacific Theater's off-Broadway, but not that Broadway, the other Broadway. They say the neon lights are bright on Broadway, on Broadway. I heard in my mind's ear the voices of some of my favorite Pacific Theater actors in the roles. And now I revisit it and add new people to that fantasy cast, and I'm hoping it can be a kind of a reunion. We'll see. It's a big cast, so we could never afford it before this, but for a reading? It also has kind of a fancy set, but in a reading, in everyone's mind's eye, I'm hoping. That's my job. I hope. Okay, another movie-related script we'll be putting on our stage as a reading in this Lost Season Festival. It's by the remarkable Peter Mogan. Oh, I'm sorry, I'll read that again. It's by the remarkable Peter Morgan, a British playwright and screenwriter who brings intriguing historical stories to life in all their complexity and humanity. Remember Frost Nixon, The Queen, Last King of Scotland, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Crown? Yeah, that guy. Julie Sutherland recommended to me a little-known BBC movie that he had penned called Longford. It's pure Pacific theater, she said, and she was so right. Julie is always so right. She's wise. Just accept that and move on. Well, I was audacious enough to ask permission to adapt that screenplay for the stage, and I was astonished eventually to get a yes. So I went ahead and wrote the adaptation and then found out that somebody somewhere along the chain of command had changed their mind. Oh, beautiful. Sometimes that's a word you can use when you have other words in mind. But I figure that first yes will be good enough for at least a reading, am I right? It's a role I dreamed of playing, so look for that this fall. And there are a couple of other scripts we were working on for our Lost Season Festival. So now that we really have lost a season, I'm going to dig in on getting rights sorted out, and I'll let you know more as we find our way back into things this fall. I read something yesterday. It perfectly describes how things are going to be this next year. We'll be building the airplane as we fly it. But fly it, we will. Okay. That's enough for now. Maybe in future podcasts I can let you know about those possible guest productions and maybe even some ideas about what shows you might see once we get the all clear for full-scale PT shows. But I wanted to let you know the skit's 
are coming. Brace yourselves for a drama-o-rama you won't want to miss. Okay, this is pretty darn swell. Back at the end of January, Rolling Stone magazine had a feature called Song You Need to Know, where they spotlighted one Patrick Holland and his tune Up to You. The lead line goes, the artist formerly known as Project Pablo returns with another dreamy single. That's right, another personal friend of the pod, Mr. Patrick Holland, son of Rory and Lisa Holland, Pacific Theater Pals, has been featured, if not on the cover of the Rolling Stone, because actually websites don't have covers, been featured in the Rolling Stone magazine. Pretty awesome. The Rolling Stone goes on to say, Holland used to make music under a different name, Project Pablo. He earned a reputation for producing handsome but languid house music. Heady melodies take the sting out of a steady thump, resulting in a combination that can wind you up or bliss you out depending on your personal preference. Project Pablo tracks like Closer and Skylounge have managed to accumulate over a million streams. Let's make that a million and one and finish our show today with Sky Lounge. Wrong guy, man. All this time. The only option you have with those eyeballs is what they touch at night. Wrong guy, man. Wrong guy. Your mom and dad is wrong.